Well, folks, welcome back. Got another hot, fresh episode for you today here at the Red River Rising. I'm Pastor Mike, along with my brother, my, my brother in Christ and my friend and my, you know, I will say my author mentor over here, <laughs> Rick Salcedo. Uh, and we've got a message that um, is entitled here, The Ball is in Your Court. And we're going to be breaking down into some scripture here and talking about exactly what is our what is our, our, our function, I guess? What's our responsibility in things? Is that right, Rick? Yeah, that's right. Um, there comes a point where we have to grow up as uh, Christians. You know, we can't stay spiritual babies all the time. So we're going to have to learn what weapons we have at our disposal and how to use those weapons in spiritual battle. You know, and, and it's for our own good. That's, the, that's why it's so important that we grow up. So, so that's why it's so important that we mature and we learn this word is because it actually helps us in in times of uh, despair or what may seem like despair, right? Mm-hmm. And no matter what's going on, um, we titled this lesson, The Ball is in Your Court, because no matter what you're facing in life, the ball is in your court. That's right. The next move is on you. Well, I'm, I'm eager to get into this because I'm sure we got some people probably scratching their, uh, their foreheads here wondering how in the world is that possible when we always say that God is in control, that God is always number one. So how is it on us to be able to, to have the ball in our court? So let's get right on into it, Rick. Okay. Well, we're going to start off with uh, Hebrews chapter five, verse 12, and it reads, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. So here, uh, Paul is admonishing the Christians um, in this letter that by now they ought to be eating solid food in the word and being able to teach people the good news. But instead, they have to get a refresher course on the basic principles of of uh, the the salvation message and a godly living and so they're still they're still you know feeding on spiritual milk right and one of the things that i, I saw very first part of that 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 uh, verse there though by this time you ought to be teachers now that sets the expectation right out the gate so the expectation is and we get this wrong sometimes is we think oh we need to be taught we always need to be taught but the truth is is that you should be at a teaching level in your own ministry, and I say ministry as in your own life, because your life mm-hmm. is a ministry, correct? Correct. Yes, we should be able to teach the principles of God to our neighbors, right. to our children, to our friends. Yeah, and and that's progressionary too. So the 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 as we mature, as we get deeper with this, right, and we're moving off that milk to solid food. That's a progressionary thing, just like we do with babies, right? Right. Yeah. We we puree that food up and we feed them until we get them all the way through to eating, you know, sirloin steak with us at the dinner table. Well, maybe not sirloin steak, but you know, whatever you may have at your home. But filet mignon. Yeah, yeah. Well, in my house, it's more like hamburger helper sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. So yeah, that's exactly right, Rick. I'm in total agreement with that. Yep. Yeah, and this um this came about when I saw a prayer on Twitter, and I read it and I thought, well, that's a nice little prayer. But then something told me, you know, I was about to move on and something, something told me, read that again. So I read it again and then it, and something told me, read that again. So I just read it a couple times and then I realized, well, I mean, it's a nice little prayer and it, it does have some biblical principles to it, foundations to it, but it's pretty much asking God to do everything. Right. And the, and the believer is not doing anything. So I kind of labeled this as the milk version. Well, let's have it. Let me, let me hear it. Okay. So it said, when I'm lost, 
Lord, come find me. When I'm down, Lord, lift me up. When I'm struggling, Lord, provide answers. When I'm fearful, Lord, be my confidence. When I'm rejected, Lord, show me love. Lord, thank you for being our God who knows what we need. Yeah, that, I think I, I might have seen that on maybe Facebook as well or something sometimes. You know, these little posts that come through, they're supposed to inspire us and lift us up. But you're right, at first glance, man, this seems like a uh, a novel little, you know, bedtime prayer or something that you would say, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, in passing with that, that there's no harm, no foul in this. Right. And then, but some, like, I, I was just about to move on, and it was like, read that again. So I read it again, and I read it a couple of times, and it's like, well, you know, what are what are we doing as Christians in this prayer other than you asking God to do this? God, do this for me. God, do that for me. God, I need this. God, I need that. And it, and it almost relegates God to being our servant. Read, read, read that. Read that prayer again for me then. Now that you've explained that, I want to hear it one more time. Okay. Lord, when I'm, or when I'm lost, Lord, come find me. When I'm down, Lord, lift me up. When I'm struggling, Lord, provide answers. When I'm fearful, Lord, be my confidence. When I'm rejected, Lord, show me love. Lord, thank you for being our God who knows what we need. Yeah, I can see now. I can see what you're saying. A lot of that is uh, this, so Lord, do. This, so Lord, do. This, so Lord, do, right? Right. And the thing is, God has delegated authority to us and given us spiritual weapons for us to take action and to do when we have these issues in life. Right. Now, I I do want to say, now, if you were to say this prayer, by no means are we trying to say that this is something that's putting you down by any means. That's not what we're saying. Uh, You know, when you read this and you're going through, or because there have been times when I have said these exact words myself and have come Mm -hmm. out of my mouth. But what we really are trying to say here, though, is that even though as a milk version of this, this would be something that you would say early on in your Christianity because Mm -hmm. you're not you know, equipped with the knowledge of the, the weapons that we've been given. Right. Right. And, you know, God does want us to acknowledge our dependency upon him. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he doesn't want us to be lazy spiritually. Right. You know, we're dependent upon him. Um, but because he's the source of our power and our strength and the weapons, the spiritual weapons come from him and we're to employ them. That's right. And this is going to be good. I know we're going to get into this and I'm trying not to, putting my horse you know my carriage before my horse here but um you know god has done all he's going to do now i mean you know jesus died on the cross he was raised from the dead he's ascended up to heaven he sits on the right hand throne of god god has done everything that he's going to do up until the second coming right but for us here it's all been done and laid out in in a handbook which is what we're about to get into Right, and we just have to employ the spiritual weapons of warfare that's right. to have victory in our walk. That's right, that's right. All right, let's get to it then. Okay, well, um, the first verse I want to read uh, is James chapter 4, verse 8, and it says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So we see here, there is a command to take action in this verse. It's telling us to draw near to God. Right. Give me some examples of that, Rick. What would be an example of drawing near to God? Well, there's there's several things. I mean, if you just spend time with God, spend time in the Word, worship, prayer. Yeah, and these things, I, I find that if you can build them into your life in everyday things, right? So, uh, and at first, it is a mindful task. I will tell you that. So when I was thinking about, uh, a pastor always used to say he would always constantly be singing 
worship songs. Well, I, I wasn't one to walk around and sing worship songs all the time, you know. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, if you if you're working in a certain environment, you can't do that. Right, right. So, you know, or but I started then being mindful about trying to sing praises whenever I could. Uh, an audible singing of praise. Now, people would run. <laughs> They'd <laughs> But but uh, you know, I did that, and now what I find myself doing is, is I hum all the time. I've got a tune of something of praise and worship humming all the time, and it's natural to me now, right? Doing these things, drawing not near to God, when we start employing these in our life, these little things like you just gave examples of, and we'll do those that will actually become second nature to us. Right. And um, see, if we if we do our part, God will do his part. If we fulfill the condition of drawing near to God, He'll fulfill the promise of drawing near to us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's good. That's good. So I, I want to. We looked at the milk version of that little prayer, and now I want to. I want to talk about the meat version of it. Okay. Um, we're going to look at each one of those situations, but we're going to look at we're, the solution. Is isn't going to be God do this for me? The solution is what does the mature Christian do? Yeah. Well, this is what we had talked about in the very beginning. So now we're going to get into into the meat of it here. So. Okay, well, the, the first uh, line of the prayer was, uh, Lord, when uh, when I'm lost, Lord, come find me. And there is some scriptural basis to that. You know, Jesus does leave the 99 to go after the one that's lost. That's right. Okay, and, and if you're a brand new Christian, you, you don't know what your weapons are. Your faith isn't strong enough right. to wield those weapons. Um, so, yeah, the Lord would, you know, come find you if you were lost, if you had wandered off. But we're not supposed to stay that way our entire walk with God. That's right. Real quick, I'm gonna jump off on a side note. And you, as you were talking about that, leaving the one, uh, the 99 for the one, I was also thinking about the prodigal son, though. The father did not go running out to find the son. Did you know that? That the father was there. Now he kept a weathered eye. He was looking for him at all times. But he, the expectation was, is that the son, when he came back to his senses, when he came back to his right mind, would come back to the father. Now thou. I think that's what we're talking about here with this is that progressionary thing is God says, okay, I went and found you, right? The cow brought you in. Now you wanted all your inheritance. I've given you the inheritance. You know, now you've left. Now, if you're lost, you know your way back to me and I'm going to be open arms waiting for you, right? That's correct. And um, you had mentioned Matthew. So in Matthew chapter seven, verse seven and eight, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So here, again, we have more action verbs, more commands to action here, where we're told to ask. And really, a more accurate translation would be, it's, it, this is more of a, in a continual sense. You know, uh, ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Continually seek and you will find. Continually knock and the door will be open to you. So here we see we have to have some persistence and some tenacity um, when doing these things. We can't just ask once and then a week later give up because nothing happened. Well, you know, a couple of key things there. Number one, the action was on us first all through that scripture there. If you put a you in parentheses in front of each one of these, I could read it like this. You ask and it will be given to you. You seek and you will find. You knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, 
the door will be open. Each one is a verb and then a call for a response after that that the Lord is faithful to give in each one of those two. Right. So if we continually ask in faith and not give up, God's faithful to give it to us. Yeah. You know, we do our part. He'll do his part. Yeah. Again, fulfill the condition, receive the promise. Now, I'd also like to, to interject just one quick thing in here. While you're waiting on these, start praising the Lord for it as well, because you know that he's faithful to his word. So if you're asking, you know that he's going to be answering. And it's you can have that tenacity. You can have that determination to keep going. But I would encourage you to do this. Worship and praise him for the answer that's coming in between each one. Lord, intercede for my child's behalf. Lord, be able to bring somebody into their life to be able to bring them back into, you know, the favor of you. And God, I give you thanks and I give you praise for making it happen. Next time I do it, I'll say that same prayer and I'll say the same thing, right? Right. Even when we don't see anything happening. That's right. We have to have that faith that God is working behind the scenes and because he is. That's right. That's he, right. He's continually working on our behalf even though we don't see it or feel it. But remember, you know, confession equals possession. And so if you are confessing these things, and, and through your praise, you're confessing that. You're confessing that the all-knowing and all-powerful God is working on those things behind the scenes and going to be doing it. it. It will encourage you while you're still waiting and while you're still asking as well to give him praise. And he, God loves that's what He responds to that. He wants that praise as well. Right. right. Yeah, and it also, you know, we're walking in faith. And faith is the evidence of things unseen that's things right. that haven't happened yet that's right that's right that's exactly right okay well the the next line it says um in the milk version it says when i'm down lord lift me up but as you mature as a christian in the meat version it uh we have here when down worship god more that's right so you know instead of just sitting there okay lord you know take away my sad feelings and give me happiness well if we draw close to God by worshiping him mm -hmm. by spending time, um, you know, telling God how great he is because of who he is mm -hmm. and the things that he's, he's done. Um, you know, what happens when you, when you worship God, you enter into his presence. That's right. And, and what do you find when you're in his presence? Yeah. All those answers, that peace and so on and so forth. Right. All those yep. things that, uh, really is what you need while you're, you're going through it. Right. So if you can get into the presence of God, you know, you, you have that uh, joy unspeakable. Mm -hmm. You have that peace that surpasses all understanding. That's right. You, you know, you feel that unconditional love of God. That's right. You know, um, there have been times in my life, not just that I was going through a storm, but I was going through a hurricane season. Right. Okay. Sure. You know, just storm after storm after storm. And, you know, when I spent time with God and, and worshiped him and got into his presence, you know, all that that uh, grief and heavy burden, heavy laden burden that was on me just got gets lifted up That's right. and lifted off and it's replaced with peace and a refreshing. Yeah. And, you know, that really comes down into along with that with, is the strength, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And and while you're going through that, that gives you the strength to get through that, which brings you that peace, because when you are strong in battle, you don't have that worries of defeat. And when that you, you have that, you get that peace unspeakable or un, peace beyond understanding. But, you know, yeah. And, and the scripture we got to go with this is Isaiah uh, chapter 40, verse 31. And it says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings like eagles and they and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So when we can, can get into the God's presence through worship, 
then we, we, we experience a refreshing and, uh, we can, you know, press on for another day or another week. I'm going to read this real quick one more time because I want people to catch this. So break this down. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be worried. Weary. They shall walk and not faint. Do you notice that you are doing something? They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They are still moving. This is not a, just a standstill Lord, pull me out of the quicksand kind of thing here. You know what I'm saying? There's, 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 we get back to that personal responsibility in that. They're actually still moving. They're, they're not frozen in anything. They're still moving forward. Right. And, um, if you study the gospels, there are times when the storm just disappears. And there are times when they had to press on through the storm. That's right. That's right. And, and, um, I believe the latter is more the rule than the exception. More often than not, the storm's not going to just miraculously disappear. We're going to have to press on through the entire storm that we're experiencing in life. And so these times of refreshing are important to keep, give us the strength to keep on going. So, and I would, I would agree with you, Rick. I would say that this is how I would probably break it down a little differently as that I don't know that it's maybe the exception as much as it is the continuation of. Because through you could speak to storms that are in your life, and I believe that you could speak to those things, which are, are not, and that they can happen. But be prepared because another one is behind it. They're like waves. And, and for a guy who grew up at the beach, you break that first wave, you know there's more waves behind it. So every one that you stood strong in and penetrated through, there's another one that's coming right behind it. So this is what I would say is be encouraged, encouraged in that to know that you're going to keep moving because they're going to keep coming. But the Lord will give you strength just like, uh, you know, he says here in Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, our next line that we have in the, uh, in the milk version is, when I'm struggling, Lord, provide answers. And I'm sure we've all experienced times where we didn't know what to do and we just kind of cried out to God and, and we got the answer. Yeah. Okay. But it's not always going to be like that. That's right. There are going to be times when you cry out to God and you don't hear anything. That's right. And you're praying and it's like your, your prayers are bouncing off a lead sky, you know, and you're just wondering what's going on. Well, you're wandering through a wilderness. Your faith is being tested. You know, are you still going to believe in, in the word of God and that God hears your prayers? And are you going to persist in prayers, even though it seems like it's useless? Yeah, we're going to, this is going to be good, Rick. I'm going to have to dive into this a little bit and probably maybe, uh, expose a few scars that I have on, on this, uh, on this one as well. But, um, this relates into, into James 1, verse 5, correct? Right. Uh, I'll go ahead and read it here. James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Well, that wasn't even a questionable thing. That was a, you ask, you receive. Um, let me let me let me let me be real candid here. You can't be wise without some kind of information, okay? And mm-hmm. you've got to do some prep work in order to be able to give that wisdom. Because to me, wisdom is knowledge and application linked together. So you got to have the knowledge already in you or get it in you. And then the Lord really shows you how to take that knowledge and then apply it. And that is what gives you the wisdom piece. I can tell you, you could read a book on how to uh, break down an engine 
and, and dissect an engine all the way down to the piston rings. But if you haven't actually done it, if I sit you in front of a motor and say, okay, now have at it. Now let me tell you something. You're going to look like a fool about two hours into it when another guy who's done it has application of it and has the wisdom to be able to put it all together and he can break it down and rebuild it in that soon two hours that you've been at, right? Mm-hmm. I know that was really off on a tangent to the side there. Sorry. No. So, like, in the in the meat version, when you're struggling, you, you seek his wisdom. You know, you seek his wisdom, and then you read his word. So these are two ways, instead of just sitting back, one, asking for God to give you the answers, well, you go, you can go find them out for yourself by reading the word, because, the you know, the uh, psalm said, your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a, and a light unto my path. So the word shows us the way. Like you said, it gives us knowledge of what to do when we have that knowledge and understanding and we actually apply it to our lives. We can know what to do, but if we don't apply it to our lives, if we don't do it, then we lack wisdom. Yeah, and I think that's what's key to to people kind of take that out of context and let's think, well, if I just ask for wisdom, then I should be able to get all of it, the knowledge and the application piece. But that's not exactly how it works. I mean, God doesn't force anything into your mind like that. You're going to have to actually study the word and be prepared both in and out of season. Yeah, and you're going to have to be disciplined because you're probably in the flesh, you're going to be used to doing otherwise. Right. right. And so you're going to have to, you know, uh, beat down the flesh and say, well, the word says I should do this when I really want to do that. You know, and if you can, if you can discipline your flesh and control your flesh, you know, how many times in the past have we just gone off on somebody and it felt good at the moment, right? but then later they gave us payback right? and that payback was a lot worse. Yeah. And when you compared it to the momentary pleasure you got for telling them off, you're like, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, so, but if we had, you know, if we, if we had, um, applied the knowledge from the word, you know, respond with love, respond with kindness, you know, do good to those who spitefully use you, then we wouldn't have had the retribution that we experienced when the guy, you know, sought vengeance on us for telling him off. And and that's why I would recommend uh, when people ask me about reading the Bible, um, I always recommend read all of it. Don't, don't just read the parts that you understand now. And go back and reread the same things. Read all of it. Because even though you may not understand it now, you're actually planting that inside of you. And the Holy Spirit can bring that to remembrance. And I can't tell you how many times I've had a moment of epiphany when all of a sudden something that I've read or, or something that maybe didn't make sense or that, to be honest with you, I didn't even take it that seriously at the time of reading it. Like it didn't have any life application to me at that particular point. But move six months, six years, whatever, maybe down the road. And then all of a sudden... That scripture comes into play in my life, and the Holy Spirit will bring that up into my remembrance and then give me the application into my life at that particular moment. And then, boy, now we call that revelation. But that's why you got to read the Word, even if you don't understand it. And Lamentations is one of those books. Mm-hmm. But read the Word, because when it comes alive to you, um, it'll change your life in that moment. Yeah, and we see uh, reading the words very important. We see that in Romans uh, chapter 15, verse 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Amen. Amen. So, you know, if you spend time in the word, um, you know, if, if you, the word will teach you patience and it'll comfort you and it'll give you hope. That's right. No, we shouldn't take this for granted. If you think about this now. 
I mean, up, right at, even at Jesus' times, there were scrolls, but, you know, the word wasn't distributed like it's distributed now. There wasn't a Bible in almost every home. They didn't have that. And so even the letters that were being written to the churches were independently distributed to the churches. So the Church of Ephesus may not have the letters of Corinthians church and so on and so forth. So we've really been given a blessing in our life that we could sit down and from cover to cover be able to take all these words that have been given to us. And I call it life's cookbook is what it is. And all these ingredients that are in it, um, if they're put together correctly and, uh, and applied correctly and in context with it, um, is a supernatural life-changing book. It is indeed. And, um, so we see here, uh, well, folks, that's all the time we got for today. I'm glad you tuned in. Make sure you join us next time as we draw a conclusion here on the message of the ball is in your court. I hope this blessed you. Feel free to share it. Hopefully somebody else can get something out of it too. Until next time, I'm Pastor Mike, and we love you, and God bless you, and we'll see you soon.